There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Sometimes there's a film that that captures a moment, a, a blink of time in culture that is a perfect distillation of it. So much so that it can't be argued, even debated. Perhaps yeah, once in a lifetime, the very, the very quintessence of the zeitgeist is expertly crafted, lit, acted, depicted, and projected on screens across the very nation it exemplifies. If one is lucky, they'll be the right age with with the proper openness of mind to view this film, to, to bask in its glow of insight and, and come away touched, changed, for, forever broadened in a way that would otherwise never occur. These stark statements are few indeed. Their number easily counted on one hand. They're so rare as to be born endangered and must be nurtured so their message, their experience is not forever lost to the tides of indifference and apathy. Such movies are indeed, upon the moment they are created, classics. But this week on Max Mike Movies, we're going to be discussing the 1994 film Dumb and Dumber. It's part of our series, Quotes, Unquotes, and Quotes, and we'll see if this is indeed a quotable film among the likes of other quotable films. Well put. On, on my right, a man who needs no introduction. And I am... Oh, right. Uh, that's Max. Say, say hi, Max. Hi, Max. <laughs> I'm the other guy who needs no introduction. So instead of doing that, let's do this. Poll question. By the way, I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Last episode, you try writing this stuff at three in the morning. Last I episode, <laughs> we were dying to know who your favorite athlete turned actor was. And yeah. boy, howdy, did you have some answers. Benjamin Carl was first with, quote, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his performance in Airplane, end uh. quote. Our buddy Dave points out that he likes his fight with Bruce Lee in Game of Death better. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Javi. Even if he doesn't say a word. I think that was probably wise. Mm -hmm. I rewatched that clip of him in Airplane, and you can just see him looking over that kid's head at the cue cards. <laughs> <laughs> Steve well, Kellner. He looks over everyone's head. He's seven feet tall. He's sitting down. He's six and a half feet tall sitting down. <laughs> Steve Kellner said, quote, Alex Karras, end quote, who, of course, played Mongo in Blazing Saddles. Thanks, Steve. Who is, in fact, only pawn in Game of Life. It's true. And straight. Dave, sneaking back in, posted, quote, I loved Vinnie Jones in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and also mm. in Snatch. So if I'm not going to pick Arnold, who I enjoy... In what way, Dave doesn't say. I guess it would be Vinny. That said, I was very impressed by the fact that Andrew Shu played professional soccer in Ghana, of all places, before going into TV acting, but not fond of him as an actor. The Kobe Jones cameo in 90210 was exciting because I recognized him, end quote. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. That's Dave recognizing people. <laughs> Matt McStravick posted, quote, kind of split between Bernie Casey and Carl Weathers, Terry Crews is a fun example in the more recent years, end quote. All three for the win. Yep. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Aaron Perez offered, quote, Dave Bautista, end quote. And a good choice at that. Thanks, Packy. Adam Mark, back with another essay, gave us, quote, I'm going to go old school. Sonia Heine, 
With three Olympic gold medals and 10 world championships under her belt, the Norwegian figure skater signed with 20th Century Fox in 1936. She quickly became one of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood by doing what she did best. She skated in One in a Million, 1936, Thin Ice, 1937, Happy Landing, 1938, Second Fiddle, 1939, and more, and she even earned a spot on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh. Esther Williams, not Esther Williams, no, Esther how Williams. Can, how can always, you find someone not Esther Williams? <laughs> Esther Williams, always the copycat, MGM looked for a female athlete of their own to showcase mm. and signed Williams, a competitive swimmer, in 1941. Soon the studio was churning out a slew of aqua musicals, many of which included elaborate synchronized swimming routines, such as Bathing Beauty, 1944, Neptune's Daughter, 1949, in which she and Ricardo Montalban debuted the song Baby It's Cold Outside. Whoa. <laughs> I kind of want to see that now. kind of do. Million Dollar Mermaid, 1952, and Easy to Love, 1953, in which she swam in a pool shaped like the state of Florida and performed her own water skiing stunts while pregnant. In wow. Dangerous, yeah. In Dangerous When Wet, 1953, she famously shared the pool with Tom and Jerry. Good times. And this list will be absolutely what? incomplete without Arnold Schwarzenegger, needs no further discussion, John Cena, and The Rock. All three made a name for themselves in being athletes on screen, forever melding sports and entertainment together. You need only look at how the NFL, MLS, MLB, etc. guard their IP and market their product to see how Hollywood has seeped into athletics and how Marvel, Batman, etc. require athlete actors first and foremost, acting being absolutely besides the point. The absolute worst actor-athlete, and his, this is Adam Mark, is Michael Jordan in Space Jam, which merits no further discussion. Uh, I would question that, but okay. Wow, that is a hell of a lot of history. Thanks, Adam. Especially for all those dates and everything. Nick Hoffman was up next with, quote, Let's not forget Jim Brown, the Dirty Dozen, among a bunch of others. Oh, sure. Thanks, Nick. Val Coons, the big boss over at Q Footsteps, a very worthy podcast found on most podcast apps, (laughs) stated, quote, Alex Karras was my first thought. Arnie was my second. Here's one I haven't seen yet. Andre the Giant. Tony Danza was a professional boxer before he did Taxi. Yes, he was. Love him in that. And a special shout out to Rosie Greer, who I got a chance to talk to. Very sweet man. And who could forget his amazing portrayal of one side of The Thing with Two Heads. And being the inspiration for Bobby Brady. Yeah. Wow. The Thing with Two Heads. Surely a triumph for Ray Milland, if not the audience. Thanks, Val. Tyler Stewart also sends us back with, quote, Johnny Weissmuller and Buster Crab, end quote. Uh, Two very early entries. Thanks, Tyler. Brian Mundo used many vowels to give us, quote, <laughs> John Cena, end quote. Thanks, Slow Bear. Agatha Gasparoni doubled that vote and added her own shorter, quote, John Cena, end quote. Thanks, Agatha. Regan McStravick posted, quote, Vinny Jones, end quote. I think that's two votes for Vinny. Yeah, him, Thank- that and Dave, yep. Yeah, thanks, Regan. Regan. Finally, past the Arctic Circle and all uh, things living, <laughs> comes a message from Snowy Vince. Oh, oh, oh. That's not the message. It's he the wrote Arctic on the- Wolves. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he wrote on the website, a very good thing to do, quote, Indeed. Buster Crab was a swimmer and one of my all-time favorite actors as Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. I have a soft spot for Carl Weathers, who I thought was pretty good as an actor in the Rocky movies. He was a football player in Canada first, end quote. Canadian football is, um, is that like back bacon? <laughs> 
No, they just stand around apologizing to each other. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Must not Sorry. score very high. Uh, also, Buster Crab. Well, I don't know about him in uh, Flash Gordon, but that is an icy hot proposition, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> I am amazed yeah. no one mentioned this movie's Cam Neely, one of Boston's own Bruins. Oh, well. Uh, How about you, Max? Who's your favorite? Well, I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I got to give a shout out to Reggie Jackson in Naked Gun. <laughs> I must kill the queen. Great performance. <laughs> I believe that's his only line. Honestly, um, I got to go with The Rock. He's yep. just, he's got so much charisma. He's so much fun. Yes, he screwed up with Black Adam and apparently his attitude about it. But he he really did make the, cro- the jump over pretty solidly. Sure. How about you? Who's your favorite? Well, I have to go with Deacon Jones because he was on Brady Bunch and The Odd Couple. <laughs> Deacon Jones, really? Yeah, no, he's. I don't. I. I don't even sure what sport he played, but he showed up in both shows. So, oh, eh. Uh, the Rock certainly. I actually want to lean more towards Dave Bautista, and the reason oh. for that is while we mostly know him from Guardians of the Galaxy, there's a film that I admittedly don't care for, which is Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I think he actually shows some real range in that. He does actually. He and in the. There's a, a newer one, the one, the new M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie, which I have not actually seen, but I've seen clips Has of anyone? him. It, apparently, it's called like Knock at the Cabin Door or Knock at the Door or something like that. And apparently, he does a really good job dramatically. And that's honestly one thing we have not seen The Rock do, is he doesn't do drama. No. And, you know, maybe that's fine, too, because, like, we haven't seen Arnold try to do it, and I'm really, really Yes, glad. we have. What in what? It was a zombie movie where he is a guy whose daughter becomes a zombie, and apparently he actually does a creditable job. But I, I didn't. Oh, watch I want this to be laughed. Is that so wrong? <laughs> oh no, my little girl is a zombie. I'm so furious now, and yet I am conflicted. I will shoot her in the head, but feel bad. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. <laughs> It, you, you gotta okay, remember. I now want to see Arnold do Shakespeare. <laughs> if you ever watch, and I don't recommend it, the only reason to watch Last Action Hero is for the dream sequence near the beginning where the little kids in class being taught by, of all people, Joan Plowright, and he starts fantasizing about Arnold being in Hamlet. <laughs> Hasta la vista, Polonius. Something is rotten in Denmark. To be or not to be. He lights a stick of dynamite. Not to be. Throws it over his shoulder. It's hilarious. And to be fair, Arnold plays it for laughs. It really works. It is full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I want to see it. All right, Hollywood. I'm laying down the gauntlet. Yep. Make me a Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> big fat sandwich of Shakespeare love. Yep, yep. <laughs> we'll go. Uh, and, you know, I think we should get uh, oh, the guy who did uh, Firefly that nobody likes anymore. Oh, um, Joss Whedon. Yeah, Joss Whedon, you should do it. Why not? Maybe you can Joss Whedon's way... done Shakespeare. I know, but I want to see him do it with Arnold. With Arnold, yeah. Yeah, I would pay to see that. I would pay full, yeah. mat, full uh, primetime price. Yeah. Well, that's all well and good, but we're not even halfway there. Oh. To what? Who knows? But we need those answers. Yes. This, this time, we want to know, good or bad, what is the dumbest movie you have ever seen? You might have liked it or hated it, 
But what movie just struck you as stone-cold stupid? Do let us know. But now, we're roping it in and rounding it back up to trivia for Dumb and Dumber. Effects. Budget. $17 million. I'm sorry. $17 million. <laughs> Take. Well, there's no accounting for taste. Oops. $247 million. Holy crap. Doesn't Dear surprise me. The Farrelly brothers can do one thing, and that is make money. Mac money? <laughs> I'm money Mac. You're Mac money? Yep. Are you wearing your pants inside out? Anyway. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here today. Jeff Daniels wasn't the studio's first choice, or oh. second. He was Jim oh. Carrey's. They didn't want him at all, so they lowballed him at 50000 Sure, he'd turn them down. Daniels not only didn't turn them down, he didn't even try to negotiate. Even his agent what? said, don't do this, it'll ruin your career. <laughs> Yet this would become the most successful of his films for quite a while, if not ever. Oh. Yeah. Carey, meanwhile, was offered 700000 to be in this movie. Thing is, that offer was being made the same week Ace Ventura was opening. Oops. Its success added uh, one more zero to his eventual fee for this movie. Yeah, the man was eventually making $20 bucks a movie. Oh, we'll, we'll get to Jim Carey in that now. Maybe I'll get to it now, because I actually went and looked this up. Uh, Jim Carey, he did three movies that year. Oh. And they were all huge. Uh, they were Ace Ventura, The Mask, and this. And mm. they grossed in the order of The Mask, This, and Ace Ventura, $351 million, $247 million, $107 million for a total of $705 million almost, that year. Almost three quarters of a billion dollars. Good yep. Lord. And he earned a nomination for a Razzie as Worst New Star. So... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I hope you're uh, sleeping well with that one. Yes, Jim Carrey removed a cap on his front tooth to make himself look dumber, though it's assumed that he's only dumb. This was only one of three movies that made it to number one for Jim Carrey that year, cementing his career. And as we said, Ace Ventura and The Mask were the other two. In a very weird event, while shooting in Colorado... Carrie asked to stay in the infamous room 217 of the Stanley Hotel, a room made famous in The Shining. Oh, Lord. In the middle of the night, Carrie left the room abruptly and would not go back in. To this day, he refuses to talk about why. Come and, play with us, Jim, forever yeah. and ever. Who knows? Maybe it was just for publicity, but Jim won't tell. Now he's painting. Whatever. In a bit of life imitating art... Jim Carrey and co-star Lauren Holly actually married after shooting this film and were made so for a whole year. <laughs> yeah, she was his second of three wives. Oh, dear. Wait, is this a John Hughes movie? What? Supposedly this movie was written by Hughes, but his name was to be stripped off the credits for <laughs> some strange self-imposed reason. Oh, dear. Don't know. That scene where Carrie says, big gulps, huh, to two guys outside the convenience store was improvised in more than one way. Those two guys weren't even originally in the movie. They were just bystanders. Oh, all right. Too many to count. People originally wanted for the two main roles include Rob Lowe, Nicolas Cage, Gary Oldman, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Mike Myers, Ben Stiller, Eddie Murphy, and the two Corys, Feldman and Haim. Those would have been very, very different movies. Yes. This Gary film, Oldman, I would have loved to see Gary Oldman and Nick Cage, though. <laughs> I, oh, man. 
I, I don't know. Hollywood, give us that remake. Please don't. <laughs> this film would be accountable for not only two sequels or prequels, whatever, but a cartoon series as well. Whee! Right. Yeah. And really, so much, much more that we're going to have to stop here unless Max has some dumb facts to add to that list. Oh, really? Sorry. Well, now it's... Just that, as I say, the Farrelly brothers, incredibly successful. Well... They, and, I mean, hell, Peter is a, uh, is an Oscar winner. For? He directed Green Book. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, to be fair, Fairly Brothers, let's do this. Dumb and Dumber 2, T-O. <laughs> <laughs> Fever Pitch, Hall Pass, The Heartbreak Kid, Kingpin, Me, Myself, and Irene, Osmosis Jones. See our entire episode on yep. Osmosis Jones. Shallow Hal, Stuck on You, There's Something About Mary, and the very popular and successful The Three Stooges. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And woo, woo, woo. But I guess we have to get to the plot. There are these two guys, and they're really dumb. How dumb are they? They're so dumb, they think Windex is a fruit topping. <laughs> they are so stupid, they put whipped cream on steak. <laughs> they are so deranged, they get on with it. Oh, right. So Harry and Lloyd are two losers living somewhere. Lloyd is a chauffeur who just happens to pick up this lovely woman, Mary, to take her to the airport. She's also on her way to drop off a ransom for her kidnapped husband. She does what she's supposed to, leaving a briefcase with money in the airport as she gets on a plane headed for Aspen. Lloyd, thinking she's forgotten it, grabs it and tries to run after her, but it's too late. The plane has mysteriously taken off, and the kidnappers, witnessing Lloyd's actions, decide he must be part of a rival gang or something, and keep him under surveillance. Harry, a dog groomer, is driving his client's dogs to a dog show in a van that's been carpeted to look like a sheep dog. His poor choices in dog food and bad driving get him fired from this prime gig. Both he and Lloyd are fired from their choice jobs and, having nothing better to do, they decide to head to Aspen to return Mary's briefcase, not least of which because Lloyd's decided that he's in love with her. From there, it's a road trip of hilarity with mistaken identities, mishaps with bottles of urine and motorcycle cops, salt shakers and truck drivers, potential bathroom rape, laxative overdoses, and accidental killings of kidnappers with hot peppers and rat poison. When the two finally arrive in Aspen, it's only then they realize what's in the briefcase. Now the fun can begin. Can they find Mary before the kidnappers, the kidnapper, and their boss figure out what's going on? Will Lloyd get the girl? Or will Harry? Will we get out of the theater unscathed? The thrilling answer is yet to come. The film. Well... That was a story that's going to be remembered for the ages, don't you think? Yes, certainly <laughs> aged me. <laughs> uh, so, Max, yeah. did you... Um, nope. Didn't. You didn't Never see saw this it. in theater. This is the first time I've ever seen this movie. That's right. So, just out of curiosity, did you know it was coming out? I mean, when you, it was back when, in uh, 94. 94. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, it was all over the place. Did you... Because this was the last of the triumvirate of <laughs> Carrie that year. Did you see either of the other two films? I did. I saw both The Mask and uh, Ace Ventura. 
And did you remember your reactions to those? Ace Ventura was that, uh, you and I have talked about this, it was one of those movies I was laughing my ass off and I hated myself <laughs> every second. It was like, this isn't funny. Why can't I stop laughing? Oh, God, this is so stupid. Oh, God, my face hurts. I'm laughing so hard. Yeah, It's hilarious, but it's so dumb. Yeah, And the mask I really like, except it's very uneven. It is. Uh, interestingly, it is the the definite winner of the three because it three hundred and fifty one million. It made the that most. One. That was the one that really cemented him as a big box office draw. Yeah, I was the same way. I I rem the one thing I remember about Ace Ventura is it was winter. I think it was February when it came out, and it was cold. It had been a long winter. People were just in general depressed. Um, it was just a, a very not happy year in a lot of ways. I don't remember why. It just was. And I just needed to see something. And I'd heard, like, talk about this film. Now, that being said, the critics hated it. Boy, boy, did it they. It got zero stars, black balls all over the place. And there was a friend of, our mutual friend of ours, Libby, who wanted to see a film. And I was like, well, do you want to go see this film? And she was like, oh, yeah. And she said, what? No, she's, <laughs> oh, yeah. But she didn't know anything about it. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just. I won't mention anything else. We'll go to see the film. But while we're waiting for it to start, we're sitting in the theater. And I was like, um, just so you know, this film actually got no stars and was blackballed. And she's like, you took me to a blackballed movie? And I was like, yeah, sorry. And then we sat there and, like you, laughed our asses off. And Ace Ventura, say what you want, I think is hilarious. It is. It's. Very, I haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe we should do it at some point, see if it holds up. Sure. But yeah, at the time, I thought it was I thought it was really really funny. And Jim Carrey, I think, arguably, is his most Jim Carrey in that movie because he is absolutely mm -hmm. off the charts. But he's doing all of his shtick in the mask. He's very crazy too, but it's to me it feels more focused, not necessarily in a good way. Well, it's also he's not that crazy all the time. He's crazy right. when he's wearing the mask. The rest of the time he's supposed to be an everyman, right. which he pulls off creditably. Except you it's like um Robin Williams. Like you can feel that energy just like ready to yeah, perk right out of his head. Yeah, he's about to bounce off the wall. So it's the discipline is impressive. Yeah. And to I, me the the Cuban Pete sequence is the best thing in that movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. I, and, and also, it's got um, Sean Young in it in a part that will surprise you. Very, it really will. And she, I think she does a great job. And she's she not does. a comedic actor in general either. So, and she is playing a straight part. But I saw both of them as well. And yet, when this one came around, for some reason, didn't go. Yeah. Wasn't interested. And to this day, like you, I had not seen it. So I thought, well, heck, it's it's on a lot of people's top quotable lists. We should take a look at this. It's It made a huge amount of money. It's Jim Carrey, whom we generally like. What the heck? And so we watched it. Let's talk about the actors, shall we? Okay. Um, and we're going to ignore the, the big two to last, I think, because well, that oh, won't right. take long, because let's see who's in this that's worth... Oh, my one note. Poor Terry Gar. Yeah, Terry Gar. Uh, who is a terrific comedian, yes. gets nothing to do and has about, what, five lines. Yeah. I was actually, she plays Mary's stepmother, who at fir first I thought was going to be in on the kidnapping. Because, by the way, Charles Rocket's character, Nicholas, yeah. he steps on screen and I have in my notes, 
He's in on the kidnapping. I'm <laughs> calling it after thing. one scene. <laughs> And he is. He, he's in. He's the mastermind. And I at first thought because when once we find out she's a stepmother, it's like, oh, evil stepmother trope. She's got to be in on it. Well, except she doesn't do except any, she like isn't. you said. She and isn't. I can't believe you and I literally the same note. Yeah. I just said Nicholas is behind it. I knew it as soon as he walked on screen. Yeah. yeah. Poor Terry Charles Gar- Rocket. He he really. Yeah. He, his career never went anywhere after Saturday Night Live. I didn't even know it was on Saturday Night Live, but like he, with a name like Charles Rocket, yeah, really, he he has a How he has the distinction of, ha- <laughs> of of having been fired from Saturday Night Live from dropping the f bomb live on the air. Oops. Yeah. Whoopsie doodle. Yeah. Yeah. Terry Gar, I there's I don't think there's anything I've seen her in that I didn't like her in, mm-hmm. and she's not bad in this. She just literally doesn't do anything. Yeah. She has like four lines, and that's which is it. a waste. It is a waste. Uh, Lauren Holly is. She plays a good straight woman, but she's done that before. In uh, My Blue Heaven, she plays off of Steve Martin well that way. Yeah. And I want to give her credit only because her character is so poorly written. And by that, I mean, so here's Mary. She's supposed to be bringing her husband's ransom to the airport because she thinks he's been kidnapped, which apparently he actually has. She just doesn't know it's been done by a family member. And she's barely nervous. And as soon as this character Lloyd shows up, we have to believe that she has any interest in it at all, even when we talk chemistry. to him. Mm-hmm. And then there is literally no, like later on they meet up in Aspen. And of course there's this whole cross plot with Harry, Lloyd's best friend played by Jeff Daniels. And there is like no evidence of her missing her husband at all. Or when she finds out that the ransom has in fact not been delivered on time and in place, that her husband's life may be in fact over, literally no reaction of yeah, any nothing, kind. Nothing. We don't even like, we, we forget about him. For all we know, it's not even a real person. Who knows? Like, it's just gone. So I can't tell if she's acting well or can't act well or not because her part is terrible. And I do not give the blame to her because i don't i don't know it was just so that was just weird yeah um how about mike star we've seen him in things he plays a tough guy in things i think oh oh the big guy um, yeah the one with the (laughs) ulcer exactly yes uh he's fine he's actually really good at being big and menacing and making you think he's with the mafia or something and i thought uh the woman who played shay his uh, partner could have been interesting if she had more than four lines well, I mean, their background, they're purely their their plot devices with feet. Yeah. And their parts are not quite as stupid as Mary's, but are pretty stupid because they think for this film to work, they think that Lloyd and eventually uh, Harry are part of some rival gang that yeah. know about the kidnapping money. And it's I don't a, know. Yeah. It's so a very old trope. It goes back to that uh, French film, The Wine with One Red Shoe or The Tall Blonde Man with One Red Shoe. Which the whole thing is there's this guy who is a perfect, just an ordinary schlub, and people decide he's a super spy. And they just write off everything he does as being brilliant and dangerous. And it's like that. It's like these guys, oh my God, these guys are pros. These guys are really good. And all they want is the money. And there's one point where Joe, I guess his name is, decides to try and like meet them face to face and like try and figure out what's going on. And they actually take him in the van. And all I can think of was, you have a gun. We yeah. know you have a gun. Why don't you shoot them now and take the money? I mean, Shay points out very reasonably, well, why don't we just shoot them when they pull over? Yeah. And he says, we don't know them. You can't kill someone if you don't know them. Well, he doesn't I'm even like, have to shoot them. 
But I'm like, you know, okay, that's kind of funny. Are you going to build on this? Like he has some elaborate code of, of bad guy ethics? That could be fun. No, nothing. Not a thing. No, gets, but we are going to kill him with uh, ghost peppers and, and his own um, poison, poison that he's yeah. carrying around. Yeah, that was that was funny. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing funnier <laughs> than accidental homicide. This, this movie has quite a body count. Well, and then they like the cops show up and Harry and they just leave. Leave. Yeah, like <laughs> there's no scene with the cops. There's nothing when the FBI shows up for reasons. Yeah. What two two of honestly the prettiest male FBI agents are there? I'm going. Yeah. Okay, Agent Abercrombie, Agent Fitch, <laughs> and uh, they. The whole one of the jokes is the car they're driving. Harry has done it up to look like a big sheepdog. Yeah, and one of them says, "Yes, yeah, they're driving an '84 sheepdog," and my first thought is, "How do you know it's an '84?" <laughs> well, the '85 was red. Oh. <laughs> It's called how did, Clifford. How did they get the year? I don't, yeah. They don't even, can't even tell what kind of car it is, but they can tell, anyway. Yeah, I'd like to Abercrombie his Fitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then, of course, we find out that there's there's a twist. Just so you know, there's a twist because there's another yeah, agent. Spoiler. Yeah, but we won't, we don't want to spoil that for our listeners. So, yeah. Uh, I got to give a shout out for Cam Neely. As a hockey player, he actually does a pretty good job. Is he Seabass? Yeah. Yeah, he's the, the local bully. Yeah. So, you know what? He does fine. Yeah, he's fine. I can't figure out why he's going to show up for man sex later on in the film, but uh, there it is yeah, on we the don't, wall. We, we get nothing with there. Uh, no, it's just a nice little homophobic joke we get to throw in because we yeah. got everything else. Yeah. I mean, I we certainly have the racially offensive martial arts fantasy sequence. Yeah. Well, now, wait, Max, let's let's take this apart, because that's okay. what we do. Okay. Why do you think that's offensive? <laughs> <laughs> because I because I was awake while I was watching it? <laughs> I mean, because they're doing the whole, ow, that whole strange martial arts trope. Bruce Lee popularized it, but a lot of other people do, where for some reason people have decided if you're going to be fighting, you have to make a sound like a bag full of cats being sat on. Except the thing is, when Bruce Lee did it, it was creepy. Yes, it was scary. You could see he did it for intimidation. Yeah. Are they but just doing this is just rip, silly. Well, so is most of the film. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we're going to get to this because, you know, sometimes, like we talked with Ace Ventura, that works. You know, yeah. silly and dumb can be funny. It absolutely can. That is absolutely true. However, my next note was yeah. it's going to be really hard for this movie to make me care about its main characters. And so let's get to them, shall we? Okay. So Jeff yeah. Daniels. Jeff Daniels is generally known as a serious actor. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. He impressed me in this. I didn't know he could do goofy faces, and he does them really... He's funny. Well, he only did that so that we know that no one's pretending to be blind, because those are some of his funniest faces. <laughs> yes, exactly. Except they will do blind kid jokes. Y yeah. Uh -huh. That's the other thing. Harry is clearly the much better person of the two. This is one of the things, and spoiler, that's kind of a problem for me in this movie. The idea of idiots going around and doing things in movies is as old as the, the old silent films. Are you saying it's a tale as old as time? Yes, that's right. Moron <laughs> and the beast. Um, <laughs> they usually, the thing is, they usually have to be sort of the holy fool. They have to be really stupid, but they have to be kind of innocent and kind of, and basically decent. Or heart of gold, right? Yeah, heart of gold. Even if they're even the three stooges, you know, Mo is always angry, 
But the thing is, he's only angry at the other two. They right. always try to, uh, try to treat other people well. Lloyd is creepy. Lloyd is not. Lloyd, one of the first things he does is he steals from a blind kid. Yeah. And he's has some very peculiar ideas about women. We, yeah. we, fi- we find out, spoiler, that he betrayed Harry by sleeping with his girlfriend years ago. Yeah. Knowingly. Knowingly. He, he's not a nice person. No. There's also this one dream sequence where we see him following Mary up the stairs, and the directors decided we needed to see poor Lauren Holly's bare ass. And yeah. I just, that scene was just so uncomfortable. It's like not only objectifying women, but I, 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 I don't know if she was or not. I felt she was uncomfortable. And if she wasn't, I don't know why, because there's Jim Carrey groping at your bare ass. And I thought that would send me into nightmares, but whatever. So I agree. I didn't like either of them. Of the two, Harry uh, was Harry somewhat was a... more likable, except then he goes and betrays his best friend because the whole point of the movie is to get him, Lloyd, to marry so that they can be together. Lloyd goes on and on and on about this. And as soon as they meet, he ends up scoring a date with Mary somehow. Somehow. Mary has very odd taste. Well, and then we see her husband and it's like, you're married to this and you want to go out with Harry Mm. while he's been kidnapped. What kind of person does that make her? But Harry just seems more likable. He's got his thing with animals. Also, he can read. Well, so I think of the two of them, he's the smarter in some ways. He's just also the more innocent. There is, if you are at all interested in Jeff Daniels, there is a clip I highly recommend. It is an incredibly well-written clip, and I don't know where it's from, but it's him. There, He is some government somebody. I don't know who he is, but there is a, uh, I think he's talking to a bunch of college kids, and somebody is talking about how America is great because it has freedom. And he goes into this very long speech about, how people totally misunderstand what that means and how other countries have not only freedom of various things, they've had it longer than we have. And it's a really good clip. And it's Jeff Daniels just being very, very tired of people being so blind. And it's a really great clip. And if you want to see an arrange, marry the performance in this movie to that clip. Because it is actually, those two things together are pretty impressive. I also like him in The Martian when he's the what head of NASA. He's saying, God, you people are Tolkien nerds. But if we're giving out code names, I want to be Glorfindel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that says a lot, doesn't it? I love uh, that. You know, Glorfindel used to hang out in that tree with, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jim Carrey. I'm not a fan of this performance. It's weird. He manages to underplay and overplay at the same time. Sometimes. He also, I thought he was channeling his character a bit from the cable guy who is dangerously unhinged. And he is. Like you pointed out, he's not a nice person. And the big problem I have with both of these characters is that they are too articulate to be as stupid as they are now. I understand there are plenty of people in power, elected <laughs> officials, who might fit that definition. Possibly even presidents, yes. But it's the kind of stupid that they're supposed to be. Yeah. They're supposed to be blindly dumb. Like well, they, they, also, just, they, they use a lot of malapropisms. They use a lot of words wrong. That's one of the quotes I had, you know, tell her I have a rapist wit. Yeah. Yikes! Um. And But then, I don't know, there's just like... Their level of intelligence is really all over the board. It's never yeah. 
the way it should be, I think. And it in is this a case, bit inconsistent. Yeah, this is strangely, I would have put this at the as the bottom of the earning pile for the year, but it wasn't. It was right in the middle. I think maybe because people weren't expecting Jim Carrey to be that good in Ace Ventura, but I mean, the fact that it only made $107 million is kind of surprising. But yeah, I this was the Farrelly Brothers' first film, and they had been trying to make a film for a long time. I don't know how they got the money for it, but I don't think... Well, we know it's not their best work, because they did the Green Book, and that but one was, one of them did, yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, that's half the team. And the other films, too. I don't... I remember liking There's Something About Mary. It's before I couldn't stand Ben Stiller, and then after that I couldn't. Uh, Shallow Hal, I refused to see, because it just yeah. looked so awful. Never mind demeaning yeah. towards women. It just looked unfunny. Yeah, and Jack never Black's saw that. Yeah. You, you didn't either? I didn't either. Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow, which is... Okay, there's... You know, a six degrees I never would have come up with. Yeah. I, God, I hope there's no scenes of the two of them in bed. Uh, <laughs> although I'm not sure who, yeah, see recent issue uh, in court with Gwyneth. <laughs> don't forget to smear that cream, folks. Uh, <laughs> Insert? <laughs> so, yeah, it's the performances are, and I'm going to say because they're in general so wildly uneven, then I'm going to point fingers at the Farrelly brothers. It's their first film. And hey, we know they get better in some respects. But uh, this is not, for me, prime work for anybody. I will say that both uh, Daniels and Carey, they throw themselves into this. They, they totally don't hold, do. They leave it all out on the field. They are not, you say he was underplaying, maybe in some scenes, but they fling themselves face first into everything they're doing in this. Especially Jeff Daniels, because yeah. he, I don't, <laughs> I gotta have that part. Okay. <laughs> I hope he got points, but I guess maybe I, not. Uh, but that's okay, because 20 years later, they would do a sequel. Which, sure. Um, didn't, yeah, Dumb and Dumber 2. D actually, it's Dumb and Dumberer. Oh, that's right. That That's yeah. the Dumb and Dumber 2 is the, the prequel. prequel. Yeah, yeah with, with didn't have either of them in it. Or the Farrelly Brothers. Yeah, because it's, yeah. So, yeah, performance-wise, hmm. And, you know, usually I don't pick apart comedies, especially broad comedies for little story plot things. But they say in the very beginning they're down to their last tiny bit of money and Lloyd goes out to get food and stuff and beer and other stupid things. And he loses the last of their money to this old lady that's driving by that he insults on a, what do they call those things? Those little scooters. Oh, yeah. Because that was funny. I mean, it was not as funny as the blind kid joke, but it was, it was yeah, up there. It was kind of funny. Yep. See you later. Don't go dying on me. Yeah. Ha ha. And you know, good for her. She yeah. somehow goes away with his wallet. You know, because <laughs> that's that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> this movie took my money. Why can't I take some of yours? <laughs> some of the things that you know we both pointed out, Nicholas. I don't even know what it was about him as an actor or character, but we both just like it's him. It's yeah. him. Yep. <laughs> He's he's Big the bad guy. You can just yeah, you can just tell. And I don't mind some of the unrealism because all of those movies are. It's you know again, I keep coming back to the Three Stooges because this had a very Three Stooge feel to it. Maybe a little Laurel and Hardy. Maybe you know the, those old goofy comedies where, for example, they absorb physical punishment that should have killed them. Right. But you, you accept you expect and accept that that that's all right. I wasn't going to go here yet, but you got there. So there, it's also very much like somebody that I am, I'm not, I don't know this for a fact, but I would be willing to bet all my bumpy bucks <laughs> is an inspiration to Jim Carrey. And that's 
Jerry Lewis. Oh, it's the lady person thing there. Which makes me wonder yeah. if this film didn't do really, really well in France. And don't <laughs> think I didn't look because I tried, but it wouldn't tell me how much it oh, made in France. So damn. I literally typed in, was this movie big in France? And yeah, it just gave me the overall gross. So I would guess it probably was. Now, as has been pointed out, I have never seen a Jerry Lewis film. But he is known for that physical broad comedy at which... Jim Carrey at off, often points excels. Oh yeah. Jerry Lewis had a very interesting career. And one of the most interesting, and I don't know why I got on this line of thought, but thankfully Max is willing to let me go here. Although he doesn't even know it's coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jerry Lewis at one point decided Although initially he didn't want to, that he was going to not only make this film, oh, no. he was going to help finance it. Oh, it is a film not that one. called The Day the Clown there Cried. There we are. Yeah. Um, the Day the Clown Cried was, and I didn't know exactly the plot of the film, and I looked it up for this, and it's literally, there is this German clown named Helmut Dork, get it? <laughs> who is Helmut. down and out. And gets fired from his circus job because he's partially because he's a booze hound. If that doesn't get you laughing the owls, I don't know what will. And he gets caught making a drunken slur against Hitler and sent to a concert or sent towards something that's going to lead into a concentration camp where he's imprisoned. There are children that he tries to entertain. The guards say, hey, we'll keep you out of the concentration camp, if you help us lead these kids into the train. Oh, wow. Which he does. Oh! So he, mistaken, he's a Judas goat. Mistakenly getting on the train with them. They're taken to, I can't remember if it's Auschwitz. I think it's Auschwitz. Probably Auschwitz. It's the most famous. And there he entertains the kid and then is told that you need to lead the kids you know where. Oh, God. At the last minute, he decides, I can't leave the place with these kids i'm going to go ahead and entertain them until we all die uh-huh. <laughs> and somehow How jerry lewis of all people decided this is a great career move oh. even i saw some footage of this there is some footage silent available and all i gotta say is if you ever thought that german expressionist film is depressing you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> Because even without sound, this film is just like, oh my God, uh, please pass the rat poison. And but I, it was again, never I, released. Didn't he buy every copy? So I looked into that too, and that is correct. Now, there have been some people who've seen it. Harry Shearer has seen it. Uh. Harry Shearer says he has never seen anything more perfect in his life <laughs> because it is as bad as you can imagine it is. It's way worse than that. But. We are all going to have a chance because he didn't just bury it. He just Jerry Lewis, by the way, he gave it to the Library of Congress, stipulating that it could not be shown until June of 2024. Oh, goody. Something to look forward to. (laughs) A little over a year before we can see that. Now. Yeah, well, this was quite a tangent. Yeah, I don't know why, but to me. Having seen some footage of Carrie in his new persona of painter, it felt like there's a point where sometimes these broad comics take a weird turn. 
and I'm hoping that he never takes one quite that far wide. Okay, well, that's, yeah, I, I, the parallel falls apart a bit, I'm afraid. He has done a bunch of movies where he was trying to be dramatic, some of which he kind of pulled off, like The Truman Show. Yep. Even 22, I think he did. It was, wasn't a good movie, but it was he did a nice job. But he's also gone back, He you know, playing Dr. Robotnik in uh, the Sonic movies. Apparently, he's back in his goofy, over-the-top, wild form, and people have said he's the funniest thing in the movies. Well, in that movie, I'm not really surprised. Did you see Sonic the Hedgehog? I saw most of, I, I would channel flip, I saw most of the first one. I thought it was cute. Huh. And he was funny. Huh. Well, let's give him that. Yeah. I don't know how I got on that tangent, but I yeah. didn't. I just followed it through, and thankfully you guys got to hear it, too. <laughs> Otherwise, we're back to the Farrelly fart parade, because that's pretty yeah. much where we are. Yeah, this is... Let us let us get point this out. High humor is not exactly the Farrelly's stock in trade. No. They do everything. They've got fart jokes. We've got diarrhea jokes. Yeah. We've got... Several pee jokes, yeah, including a cop drinking from <sighs> a beer bottle that has been in effect used as a motorman's helper. You can go look that up. Because that makes sense, right? Yeah, oh, if huh. a cop's going to stop you, the first thing he's going to do is ask for a taste of what you're drinking. Yeah, that's that's yeah, this officer is not long for this world. No, I mean let's face it, they're the Pabst Blue Ribbon of movie makers at this point. Um, <laughs> It's like it has an effect. It doesn't cost very much, and you forget it the next day. At least I do. But we're going to get into that, too. There's a number of things that are just telegraphed. So there's oh, a yeah. doggy van. As soon as you notice that the one of the legs lifts, my first thought was, gee, are they going to do a joke where it takes uh, a leak? Yes. Yep. When they, when they have a benefit dinner and there are two endangered owls, I have in my notes, okay, how long before they get killed? <laughs> <laughs> and one one of them is in fact killed by Jim Carrey accidentally. My little night note was almost the same. It says, "Gee, I wonder if something happens to the owls." Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's exactly like in all of those Marx Brothers or other you know wacky movies when you see something large and breakable, it's going to break. You know yeah. this. I will give them points for a couple of them. There's one point where uh, I believe it's. Harry and Mary are on the slopes. They're having a snowball fight, which gets out of hand. And I was expecting them to start tumbling down the hill and make the giant human snowball. And they don't actually don't. do that. That's true. That was a surprise. Sometimes these things made me laugh. I got to say, when Carrie is trying to get the briefcase back to Mary in the airport, he's running onto the jetway. And the guy says, sir, you can't go down there. And he's like, it's all right. I'm a limo driver. And he runs down. And the plane's gone. He ends up running out the end of the jetway and hurtling into space. That made me laugh. It's like, okay, didn't expect that. I, you know, I didn't laugh. Is it literally made no sense? She walked into the airport maybe a minute before Jim Carrey notices yeah. the briefcase. And not only has she made it through security, she's, the plane's already left. And I was just like, well, that's dumb. Of course, you can say, hey, the movie's title with yeah. the thing. Uh, the whole bit about Mary just not being concerned about the ransom, I was just like, what? Um, I, the owls, just lots of things we could see coming. And then when they're performed, to me, I don't know. I didn't laugh once. We're getting a little head here. But, um, yeah, we could get to our quotes, Yeah, I guess. I'm going to let you go first. Okay, I got a few. I mean, was it? I mean, I had already said I'll be right back. Don't go dying on me. 
He's talking about Aspinall, where beautiful women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. Uh, mm. When the cops try yelling into their window, pull over! And Harry goes, no, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. And some little <laughs> filly break your heart? No, it was a girl. Right out of the blue, she sends me a John Deere letter. That was kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> Skis, huh? Yeah. They yours? Yep. Both of them? And they're, when they're driving through Nebraska and they still think that they are in, uh, and of course my first note was, and the capital of Nebraska is Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Big Jim Slade. <laughs> they just look at you. Know, I thought the Rocky Mountains would be rockier. You know, that John Denver is full of <clears throat> man. <laughs> Check and, I, I also, and the one I did, I did like is during the second act breakup, because they did the third act breakup in the second act, when Harry's really mad at Lloyd and he says, you, every time I think you can't do get do anything dumber, you do something like this and totally redeem yourself. It's yeah. like, I saw that coming, but all right. See, I would have thought that was funny if you didn't say that to me every week. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, you know, it's a, I, I got that old-fashioned romantic feeling where I'd do anything to bone her. Mm. Mm. I didn't say they were good quotes. Yeah. I desperately... Oh. What? I, I am not commenting on your taste at all for picking these quotes out. I just, yeah. Those, those, there are a couple of others, but those are most of them. I mean, the one everyone always talks about, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world. Which apparently was... Them um, screaming. Well, no, but it was apparently, it was it was improv. It was not a... Oh, okay. Yeah. I have to but, admit, I don't know how Mike Starr did not start laughing. Maybe they had to do more than one take, but... What about you? What, what quotes did you have? Well, there's a lot of quotes in this movie, but... I don't want to remember or use any of them. Okay. I just, just, I mean, the John Deere one was probably the closest. That was actually kind of, kind of cute. Um, but I just, there's one, there's a, there's a person to be fair. There's a person I really, uh, I used to work with a long time ago, over 20 years ago that I really did not like and was very loud and talked all during the day. And her favorite quote from this film, which I did not know was from this film was, I look at a lot. And oh. I've had people do that to me, and I find it annoying, oh. even before knowing it was from this. Okay. I just, yeah. So we have to ask the series question, is this a quotable movie? That's tricky. That's actually, I think, one of the harder, this is one of the harder movies to say. I don't think so. Most of the quotes don't make me laugh. Yeah. I get where they, but I think, I think I was too old to watch this movie. I think this is a movie for younger people. Honestly, I think it's a kid's movie. Except there's an awful <laughs> lot of adult content in a kid's in it for yeah. a kid's movie, <laughs> but it's very much a, sort of an adolescent kind of movie. So I don't know. I don't think so. What about you? Well, we should maybe hold on to that for the for the roundup. Yeah. And I actually have a, a a couple of guest speakers in a way for this. So, but okay. I'm out of notes really. If you'd like to get there, we can get there. Unless you have, some, do you have any more? Why is making a Hannibal Lecter reference supposed to be adorable? Especially when it's two people doing it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I got no answer for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other, there's one of those, when they, like, look how dumb the, they are move, moments that just struck me was when Lloyd's walking out of the bar and he sees they've got a framed uh, copy of the the moon landing announcement from, from 69 or 68 yeah. or whatever 69. year it was. 69. And he doesn't, he never, he doesn't know we landed on the moon. Well, that was an improv, too. Okay, but that's a bit... That was kind of a little too much. That was... 
okay, whatever else these guys are, they know the world exists. He's I, learned how to drive a car. Yeah. How? Yeah, that just seemed odd. It did, It just didn't fit. Mm. I won't the, disagree. Yeah. I, I will say I do kind of like that the end when the Swedish bikini team, sorry, the Hawaiian Tropic <laughs> Bikini Tour, whatever, it was the Swedish bikini team from the old beer ads shows up and they want, they're looking for two boys to oil them up. And we think, you know, they say, oh yeah, if you head down to that town, I'm sure you'll find a couple of people. And then it seems like Lloyd gets it and is, wait, you know what we've done? And it turns out, no, no, we sent you the wrong direction. It's back that way. <laughs> okay. No, no, mainly it was like, okay, that's. I like this because they don't get rewarded. So there actually was a push by the directors to film another ending where they do get on the bus, but uh, Carrie wouldn't do it. And he said, I think it's him. better this way. That I, fit, I will agree. It actually really fits better. It's the same with, oh, they're not going to end up with the girls either. No. That's, that I was kind of afraid of. It's like, oh, no, is he going to somehow end up with, with, uh, with Lauren Holly? Well, not on not, screen. Not on screen, but is he going to end? Because this app, there's absolutely nothing there. There's no reason for it. And it no. Oh, no, he's not. No. They so end we'll up give them exactly where they were. Yeah, we'll give them credit and, for that. Yeah, and that works. But, but uh, yeah, that's about all I got. The finish. So, Max. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. What did you think of the movie? Uh, I don't, it didn't really work for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get I, the some of it's a lot of very fast paced, lowbrow humor. I, I guess uh, I could see if you really just want to shut your brain off. I just didn't think it was that funny. And again, I may just be too old for it. Well, then let me ask this because I think it's actually a very interesting question. Do you think the dividing line is an age thing? And why does it I, appeal to so many more people than not to others? I don't know. I honestly it, do not. I don't get it. it. I mean, is this a Jerry Lewis thing all over again, i.e. some people adore Jerry Lewis and other people are like, you must be kidding. No, you know why? Because Jerry Lewis has been done. It's, this isn't new. This is, you know, oh, look, stupid people doing stupid things. That's been around since, what, I think that's part of uh, Chinese theater from the, fifth century bc uh, it's not new and it's not new in the movies and like i say all i kept thinking of is how much it reminded me of other types of comedy but wrong, uh, other people who'd come before like the three stooges like the marx brothers like laurel and hardy but not as innocent and not as funny well I'm going to agree with you, um, and I would say that for me, the reason that I don't like this film is not because the humor is dumb, because I've seen some dumb films. Uh, the Hangover comes to mind. There is a lot of dumb, dumb humor in that film. Yeah, I that, could barely breathe during that, that film. Is, that, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good comparison, because that is, again, very lowbrow, very dumb humor, a lot of unlikable characters, funny as hell. Yeah. And my buddy, the weasel, Mike Dance, was the one who actually recommended this film as being ah. part of this uh, particular series. And thank you for the suggestion, Mike. Appreciate uh, it, Weez. Speaking of which, I actually spoke to him and another friend of mine because they're people who really like this film. And I was like, hey, maybe we can find out what it is about this film that people yeah. like that we don't. Okay. Uh -huh. So first up, we have Mike Dans, and he said, quote, 
I like it because it's a very simple and earnest comedy. It's not overly vulgar or hateful toward any group of people. It's just stupid laughs. It's probably one of the first adult comedies I can remember watching with my parents and my best friend growing up, and we still quote it to this day, end quote. And I can see that because it's got enough of that touch of adult humor that your parents might feel slightly, oop, maybe we shouldn't have done this, but they still took you. So it's kind of an entry film to quote unquote adulthood. <laughs> Hopefully the yeah. wee's got some better education elsewhere. <laughs> Actually, I know he has. Hey, why do I feel hair growing under my armpits? <laughs> uh, the second is a friend of mine. Her name is Rebecca Smiley. And she said, quote, the movie appeals to me in two different ways. One, I love stupid humor. And two, reminds me of being young and being with my family, end quote. So... I think you're right. I think age has a lot to do with it. Oh, okay. Not her family. The movie reminds her of her family. It's being being with with her family, seeing the movies. Okay. Yes. That's fine. I would hate to think that, like, she looks at Harry and Lloyd and goes, oh, that's my family up there. (laughs) My two dads. (laughs) No, I do not think that's what it is. All right. That's fine, then. I think that some of our critiques are still valid. I don't think the story is very well thought out. And with a couple of tweaks, it might've worked better. Like what if the kidnapped victim was her brother, not her husband? Suddenly her motivations, she might want some comfort. Okay. Now I can see why she might. That's what I thought when I was watching. I thought, oh, I bet it's like her brother's been kidnapped. Her husband? Really? Yeah. Cause there's no relationship between them at all. And even though there's this major dramatic point, nothing is done with it. And the idea that maybe if Lloyd wasn't such a, honestly, a bad person, it could still have worked. Because Jim Carrey, like you said, Jim Carrey's giving it his all. And Jim Carrey giving it his all is not worthless. And he can play likable. He can be very likable. Yeah. So I think that this is a film that could have been tweaked without ruining it for the people who love this film. But it might have helped us a little bit. Potentially even a lot, quite honestly, even though they're not major things. Because, again, some of the performances in here, again, I think are the director's fault and the writer's yeah. fault. And mm. we know where to point our finger. But you and me, we just don't get it. And this does not mean you guys shouldn't love this film. If you love this film, awesome. Yeah, Because in Enjoy. a way, I do get it. Ace Ventura, there are people who will not watch that film because that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And they're not mm. entirely they're wrong. They're not wrong. <laughs> but it's it funny. tickles us some ways that this does not. Yeah. So I got a special extra thanks to Mike Dans and Rebecca Smiley for letting me quote them on the show and giving us another perspective because we're not here to tell you what to like and what not to like. Yes, we are. Obey us. Well, I forgot Max is, that's why he's here. I am the arbiter of all taste. (sighs) Yes, he also. You shall like only what I like. He also prints all the bumpy bucks. So uh, see him at the end of the show, won't you? Uh, uh, um, um, Who am I? Where am I? I, I, (laughs) Exactly. What is this place? Speaking of dumb humor, here's Max Levine with the weather. Anyway, we would like to know, good or bad, what is the dumbest movie you have ever seen? You might have liked it, you might have hated it, but what is the dumbest movie that you just have ever seen? And uh, to answer us, you can go on go onto the website and leave a comment, such as our buddy Vince has done many times, and that is MaxMikeMovies.com. We take comments about what we've said, our opinions. We take comments about suggestions. We take comments about entire ideas for series. We take comments about Mike's personal hygiene, anything. They can't smell me over the podcast, Max. You'd be amazed. It's my funk and I'm keeping it. You can email us directly, such as Dr. Lauren has done many times, and that is at us 
at maxmikemovies.com. If you have a podcast app, we're in there somewhere. It just seems to yep. be the way it goes. And lastly, if you like social media and you love yourself some Facebook, and actually we love you being there because that's where you mostly answer our poll question, you can find us at Max Mike Movies. But we're not even halfway done, or maybe we are, we are with this I think series. It, we, are, we are more than halfway done, yes. Ah, well, not being halfway done means, of course, that next week we're going to watch what? Another movie. Good night. Uh, Talk to you next then. <laughs> I'm going to quote you for that. Yeah. <laughs> a movie? No. What is it? It's a long presentation that's projected on a wall, but that's not important right now. Ah, exactly. <laughs> that is, in fact, yeah, way to pick that up. That was not rehearsed. Um, we, <laughs> I'm sure they could tell. <laughs> yes, that, that is kind of a subtle hint. We're going again. This is another movie, truly the epitome of highbrow humor, but <laughs> eminently quotable from our buddies Abram Zucker and Zucker, Airplane, starring Peter Graves. You're really picking this because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's in it. Yes, a, G, a brilliant performance by a brilliant athlete. And Barbara Billingsley as the Beaver's mom. <laughs> Not exactly. Not quite, but close. Come and see. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Thank you.